We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart, and yes, we are here post game. The Rams win tonight, twenty-eight twelve over the Seattle Seahawks. In quite frankly, with the exception of the third quarter, it was a pretty dominant performance. Mike, what are your first thoughts? 
Yes, sir. A win at this time of year is important. So, man, proud of those guys. They went out there and did what they needed to do, keep themselves in the hunt to get in the playoffs. So today was absolutely a much-needed win, and they came out with the victory. It is huge, and I think it it really kind of capped off the feeling from last week's game, 34-7 last week, if you remember, and everybody kept saying, well, not everybody, but many, many of the experts, well, it was the Cardinals, it was the Cardinals, it was the Cardinals. And f- never mind the fact the Cardinals had been playing everybody else tough, and the Rams just destroyed them. Come out this week, it's 21-3 at halftime. The Rams, they have some issues in the third quarter, and then put it away in the fourth quarter. 8-5, and five, they beat a Seattle team that is among the best in the NFC. They beat them at their own game, rushing for 162 yards. And quite frankly... They, at least in the first half, it was almost perfect, actually. It was a perfect performance just about from them. This team, if they can get in, if they can get in the playoffs, no one's going to want to play them. So I'm going to point that out. There's just too many weapons. Yeah, I mean, you look at what they were able to do tonight. Uh, excellent job at hitting the underneath routes all night and letting the guys go make plays. And so... Uh, again, you want to be playing uh, your best ball at this time of the year. And I think that uh, two wins in a row now are showing that hopefully they are starting to hit their stride on in all three phases of the game. So it was, it was a good night tonight. And they only went deep a couple times. They didn't need to do much more than that. It was a really interesting performance. And even the interceptions thrown by, by Goff tonight were – how I say it, they weren't just on him. They weren't like he made a bunch of bonehead plays. It was miscommunication with receiver, receiver stopping a route, receiver not run the proper route. Brandon Cooks got, you know, hammered on the sideline from Sean McVay for the route he ran on the second interception. So overall, even the mistakes, for once, we could say, hey, they weren't on Jared Goff. <laughs> and that's kind of nice to see. And five sacks, by the way, defensively on. If you are the legendary Seattle quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson, what are you dreaming tonight, man? What are you dreaming tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a rough day for him. But, again, when you're playing a stellar defense, the defense has been playing pretty good all year, getting after all the quarterbacks. And so tonight was a, a good to see that the outside guys, the backers, were getting home a lot more. So just good, good D, good D. Well, they're so focused overall on just stopping Donald. That last play before halftime, you see four Seahawks on Aaron Donald. You better get to the quarterback at that point, and they did. It just they were so into stopping Donald, they couldn't stop anybody else. And you know, this looked like a vintage Rams game against Seattle, meaning the defense getting in Wilson's face. They didn't quite do that early in the year. This year, they did. This game, they did. And Overall, especially that first half, it reminded me of the 2018 Rams. Seattle couldn't stop them. Seattle couldn't do anything with them. And more of the rolling out, more of the just using the players' strengths to their advantages. And it makes you realize, as our counterparts over at Downtown Rams mentioned on Twitter, it wasn't really the league had figured out Sean McVay. Sean McVay was being Sean McVay. That's what it looks like to me. Sean McVay was getting his own head. And uh, now they're playing more towards what these guys can do. They're playing ball. Yeah, it's exciting ball right now to see. uh, One, looks like some adjustments were made over these last couple weeks. And 
again, you know, maybe, you know, as a batter does in baseball, sometimes they go into a slump. Maybe Coach McVay get kind of a little bit of a slump. Now he's coming out the slump, making the right reads and calls uh, as the game is dictating. And, you know, everybody getting more on the same page. One thing to note, now the line uh, – playing together a little bit more so you just didn't see a bunch of guys just running loose like in prior games so again all those things you put together and and it was a real effective game offensively defensively and in kicking game so i don't mean to be the, the jerk about this there were a couple of things though that were in the negative we're going to talk about folks get your heads up we're not going to focus too much on them. you want to celebrate the win there but there are some things to look at, but overall, good win over a very good opponent, a team that probably should have beat up in Seattle the first time they played them. Missed field goal, takes that one way, but 8-5, and five, they need a little help. They can beat Dallas next week, and they can beat the, they will beat the Cardinals, I believe. They'll beat the Cardinals at home. So there's that game in two weeks now, not looking too far ahead, but that 49er game looks very interesting at this point. If the Rams can get past Dallas this weekend, and that's no, no, well, again, no, Dallas is struggling, but Dallas is really talented. They should not be six and seven. They should be like nine and four, ten and three. They should not be a six and seven team, and that is not going to be a walkover game. Not in the slightest. It's going to be a hard game, and you know they need to win that game next weekend. Okay, but before we get into all that, we want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Jim Hawk and his book Hollywood's Team. Also, want to ask you to head over to. Apple Music, leave that five-star review. They're still doing that contest where it wasn't 200 five-star reviews. One lucky winner will get a nice personalized jersey from NFLShop.com. Better be a Rams jersey. That's what I say. That's how it works. Go over, leave a review, get a screenshot. That five-star review sends an email to ramstop 1945 gmail.com with a copy of your entry so we know who to enter, and then we'll also read your feedback on the show. Oh, we also want to give a shout-out to our sponsors over at MyBookie. All right, so how you feel, Mike? You want to do the numbers tonight? Want me to do the numbers? I'll hit them. All right. It's all yours. Go for it. So uh, stats for tonight's game. Russell Wilson was 22 of 36 for 245. Mr. Goff was 22 of 31 for 293. Uh, Seattle running game. Uh, C. Carson, 15 for 76. R. Wilson, 5 for 28. Gurley, of course, had 23 for a 79. Could have easily went over 100. Uh, running at Woods had two for 29. Interesting. Jay Reynolds, three for 29. And Brown, five for 21. Uh, golf, a couple scrambles in there. Receiving Mr. Tyler Higby, seven reception for 116. Mr. Woods, seven for 98 and a touchdown. Cooper Cuff, four for 45. Just steady Eddie. And a touchdown as well. Gurley had a couple out the backfield along with Brandon Cooks. Uh, didn't have any. He had a target, but nothing catching. D. Metcalf for the Hawks, 6 for uh, 78. T. Lockett, uh, 4 for 43. Uh, Mr. Josh Gordon, 2 for 34. Hollister, 4 for 34. And a few others in there. The Rams, awesome. No fumbles tonight. Uh, Seattle had a uh, couple fumbles and then defensively, uh, overall, uh, let's just go to team stats real quick. Matchup of uh, first downs, uh, the Seahawks uh, 16. The Rams uh, almost doubled that with 26. Uh, 16 passing first downs, real good. Third down efficiency was great for the Rams, 7-13. to 13. The Hawks had 4-13. Uh, fourth down efficiency, we had none. Uh, total plays were about even, 67 for us, 72. 
Total yards, 455, uh, 308 for the Hawks. Total drives, we had 11. Uh, passing, 293 overall uh, to 202. Uh, Mr. Goff was 22 of 32, which is awesome. Uh, Wilson was 22 of 36. Again, total rushing was 162 to 106. Penalties, way down, 3 for 20. Uh, Seahawks had 8 for 64. Again, we had two turnovers, and that was it. Time of possession, near even, but doesn't matter when the score ends up 28 to 12. And so that wraps it up uh, for the defensive or total stat. What's the first thing when you look at all those numbers that you get about the game? Well, the first thing is you look at, for me, was the penalties uh, way down. And the fact that, that the penalties being way down seemed to allow – us especially offensively to stay in the floor of the game. And on my end, the number that sticks out to me is 162. The Seahawks, the team that's supposed to be leading the league in rushing, are close to it. Like They're right behind the Ravens. And they did fine. 21 carries, 106. A lot of that's from early in the game. But 35 rushes for 162, 4.6 average, and everybody getting involved. That number sticks out. And it sticks out because the Rams found a way to run, even when they couldn't get anything done in the gut. They could not get anything going in the interior line. So they found a way anyways, hitting the edge, using receivers. That was one of the things, especially late when they're trying to put this game away, that stood out to me. They adapted. All the stuff that people keep saying about Sean McVay, that he hasn't adapted to what teams are doing, that's a bunch of garbage because he just proved it. What's been going on before now then? Why was it happening before? And it could be a number of things, but the one thing I'm, I'm seeing is that these players are executing now. They're getting just enough protection on the offensive line to execute more. I am really, really happy with the way McVay came out today with a game plan, adapted quickly. He's been criticized in the past for it, and we saw it, especially in the third quarter, when this team kind of hit this wall in that third quarter. We're all getting a little nervous. Team settled down, defense kept together, and eventually they got that put-away touchdown. Well, I think when you look at it, uh, when you just look at scoring plays, uh, Seattle goes down, kicks a field goal. We come right back and score eight plays, 75 yards. Took up three minutes, and then we came back in the second quarter, another 12-play drive for 85 yards, and now we go up 14 uh, to 3. Then we come right back with the Cooper Cup 10-yard pass from Jarrett. I believe that was off of a turnover. Well, that was 10-play, 72 yards. So now you have things rolling 21-3 to 3, uh, going into the half. It's a different ball game. It allows you now to effectively do what you want to do and dictate on offense. And then defensively, you can do some other things because as much as Seattle is good at running the ball, once you're down that many points, you have to score points. And sometimes just uh, ground and pound doesn't allow you to to come back as quick and get those points back up if you're trying to make a game of it. Another thing, too, what they really did was they didn't get inside their own heads and be like, okay, we're, we're, we're falling apart here. We're, you know, we've started on the year. We've had some issues against Baltimore and teams that wanted to run against us and beat us up. They didn't do that. They were more physical tonight. They were the more physical football team. And Seattle's no slouch. They're a very physical football team. And they did just enough 
physically to get the job done. And also when things got tough, when you're trying to keep Seattle from getting hot and getting back in this game, they were able to find a way to grind even when that interior line wasn't working for them. So they were able to work those edges and wear out Seattle on those edges to the point where it became, you know what, half of the quarter was done. You knew it was done. Seattle was to play. They weren't, they weren't going to come back. I don't know if you felt that way, but that's how I felt. Of course, yeah. Once it got down to probably midway through the third, uh, pretty much had a handle on it. Uh, but, you know, you just kind of figure, you know, you're playing against a good uh, offense and uh, Seahawks and kind of what they did the first time around, if you will. Uh, but like you said, they did a great job of not getting in their own heads and going, uh-oh, here we go again, because that's that's a lot to us. So that, that's, that was awesome to see that they're playing now a little bit more confidence and swagger. And again, you know, now Jalen Ramsey's been on the defense. But obviously, the guy on the other side, Mr. Hill, has stepped his game up tremendously since he's now been started, uh, inserted into the starting lineup. And another thing I want to throw out there, too, as well, okay, and that is Tyler Higby. Second straight week, setting a career high in yards. You get seven catches for 116. This is something that is, quite frankly, we've been waiting for, right? I've been... You've heard me talk about it. why have the Rams been unable to develop their tight ends, and it just so happens that they're developing both of them. Gerald Everett, we've seen him take huge leaps this year. Then they go out there and they sign Tyler Higby to this contract, which are like, why are you paying this guy almost $8 million a year? And now you know why, because they know what he's becoming. He's a good blocker, now he's got good hands, and he's a guy who makes plays for you. They've developed quietly two tight ends into weapons. I mean, wow, we've been saying, why haven't they developed a tight ends? He's a tight ends guy. What's taking him so long? And three years in, he's got his tight ends. Yeah, you then don't forget, you know, McVay comes from a, a long line of teams and tutelage, if you will, where tight ends have been a big part. I mean, that was huge for the 49ers. I go back to him, you know, because of his, I believe his grandfather, uh, John McVay, who was there while I was playing. Uh, but tight ends were huge, huge in Washington when he was there. So now we have two of them. Don't be surprised if we don't start seeing a lot more two tight end sets and things like that. But, you know, tonight, 11 targets, seven reception, 116, you know, a 33 yard uh, long uh, catch and receive. So it just shows with the versatility that he has along with Everett. So. Uh, I think as things get going, this is just going to play into an advantage because when you get down into the playoffs and you need to kind of ground, you may need those two tight ends in there. Uh, but now we have absolute serious uh, receiving threats. And uh, this is just kind of coming across the wire here. Uh, we do want to send our, um, you know, and I, you know this is going to be a little close to me and my heart here <laughs> because of what I've been through recently. Seattle running back Rashad Perry, uh, sorry, Penny, appears to have a significant ACL sprain. Oh, wow. Um, if it's significant, sprain, folks, just for those who don't understand, a sprain's a tear. Now, how badly a tear is dictates how, how the recovery is. And if it's significant, they say sprain now is probably torn. So 
uh, for me personally, my thoughts and prayers are out for him, and hopefully that he can come back stronger. You know, you never want to see God hurt even an opponent. In this case, Rashad Perry, Rashad Perry's uh, Penny, jeez, we're joined tonight. Rashad Penny is a very talented running back, and so um, our thoughts with him, and uh, good luck in recovery, good sir. We are actually rooting for you. I thought it was ACL when I saw it go down, by the way. Oh, did you? Well, I mean, I've seen enough as a coach. Yeah. I've been through it, you know, and you just, after seeing so many of them, you just kind of know, you know. I thought it was that or or maybe the MCL. The way he rolled over and grabbed right away. That's true. That's true. That memory kind of went back to me. (laughs) I was just hoping he just kind of hyperstended it. But once he started going into the locker room, it was just like, okay, this is a little more serious. But, man. Yeah, definitely uh, prayers go out to him and the, the rest of the, the guys who may have even been injured throughout the league. Uh, one thing you just can't get away from, uh, this game is physical. And, and even on Mr. Penny, just kind of was making a cut. Uh, some he's probably done a thousand times, but something in that cut just kind of got the knee in an awkward position. So definitely well, prayers go out. It wasn't just the cut, though. The, he took a hit right there. So the cut... And then as he's making that cut to go, taking the hit in the right side of that knee. True. You just you, you saw the knee go inwards, and that usually, if it's going inwards, then it can be, that's an impact where it can, conduit minded, where the other side of the MCL can come out, tear or sprain, because of the way the knee bends and inwards and bent and stretches it, or in that case, it's the ACL, which hurts, holds the interior. And, you know, the way he grabbed the whole thing made me think ACL. Because he didn't just grab the inside where the, where the MCL is. He grabbed, he put his hands on the entire knee and rolled over on his stomach. And I was thinking, man, that looks like an ACL. That looks like an ACL. And so, just that cut. And then as he's cutting up field and the Rams player, I forget who the Rams player was, was making the tackle. Right in that knee. That's a hard thing to, to watch. So, our condolences go out to him. Uh, rush this game here. Mike, defensively, what did the Rams do to shut Seattle down? And Seattle, I mean, they dominated this game. Well, you can see a lot of times Russell Wilson is used to getting out on the edge and then just kind of stringing a play along to the sideline and then making a play. They were able to keep him bottled up and keep him in the pocket, as they say, you know. And then the times he would escape, you know, there wasn't – You know, guys are defending and things like that. But more importantly, they were able to just uh, not allow long, sustained drives, which keeps your D-line and everybody fresher and people more excited to make plays. I like the way the Rams just went about attacking the Seattle offense. They didn't sit back and wait for a play to come to them. They were aggressive all night. And even when they couldn't get to Wilson, even when they couldn't get the interior rush, they still made his life miserable back there. And they did it in various different ways, through blitzing, through a normal package, rushing three. You got Aaron Donald taking on four people. They were all over the place coming off the edge. Coverage was good for the most part, by the way. I mean, that, that's Troy Hill. What can you say about Troy Hill back there? Man, Troy Hill is looking like uh, – but again, these this is the advantage teams have. They're at practice, so they knew when they let uh, – Peters and Tlaib go that they had this kid uh, ready to go and they were going to roll with him and he's just uh, just starting to make plays 
more and more. And the thing is, when you're playing opposite of supposedly a better corner, you're going to get a lot more opportunities. And with those opportunities, you can just see his play going up and up as far as his confidence where he's like, okay, I'm not batting balls down. I'm actually going to start making interceptions. And so you can just see his confidence growing, growing each week and just the fluidity of him playing a corner position is just going to the next level. So that's just a shout out to him and his work ethic along with uh, sometimes it's just a, a chance to know that you're the guy and you just go in there and you just start making plays. So, man, he he's doing lights out. And the interception was a good one, too. That, that play in the air in the end zone puts it away. A nice move on his part to get in position to, to catch that football and basically seal the win. And that was what we were hoping we'd see from the Rams heading into this game. I can tell you honestly, Mike, I didn't know what to expect from the Rams this game. I, I didn't know if last week's win over Arizona was, was an aberration or if it was a signal they turned the corner. But now they've taken two from NFC West opponents, from you know teams that really had not been beaten like this all year. Seattle's, Seattle hasn't been beaten up like this this year. No, and, and when you look at it in regards to just their times against Seattle, they're kind of tight games, but somehow it seems like Seattle pulls it out or something like that. And you figure the way Seattle had been playing compared to us not being sure if last week is, you know, was that a trick? You know, what are we going to be, you know, just unsure. And then again, you know, playing at home hadn't been so fun either. So, they answered all questions tonight. They played at home, played very well, uh, let Seattle know, and the rest of the league, don't let us in. That's basically what they're saying right now. Don't let us in because if we get in, you see what we'll do to you. Well, yeah, and going looking at Seattle's previous results, their worst loss this year was to Baltimore at home, 30-16. It was a 13-13 game at halftime, 20-13 going into the fourth quarter. So Seattle was still in that game going into the fourth quarter. The Rams were in control of this game from the get-go tonight. And the other loss was to New Orleans, 33-27. This is the first road loss of the year for Seattle. This is an impressive win. It really is. It's an impressive win. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I think that they're going to say, man, all we have to do is win out. That's a cool thing about somewhat having some things in your controls. I understand they're going to need a little help, but it's a great opportunity to know that you absolutely have it in your hands by just winning out. So that makes it a little funner. And just being able to say, yes, this is how we play. Again, now Clay Matthews is back a number of games. So, uh, you know, when you're coming back from an injury, you know, especially broken jaws and things like that. Yeah, you may be out there, but you may not be still going full tilt, you know, because, again, he missed some games. But now you can see him running around like his usual quick self. Littleton just was all over the field. So uh, you can just see that guy's speed. So, you know, real excited about what the D is now doing. And that is also kind of a sad reminder in just a little little bit of a way in that, you know, Littleton's probably gone next year. Either Littleton or Fowler's gone. Maybe both. They can't pay him yeah. both. Yeah, that's crazy. And so, you know, they they had best be developing some folks inside. 
you know, hearing some good some good stuff about Okoronkwo, but just this is probably the best Rams defense we've seen in a long time. I mean, people say, well, they gave it fifty five to Tampa Bay, and they gave up forty four to or forty five to Baltimore. What about the rest of the games? Okay, everybody has an off day, and both those games, the defensive game plan itself was a train wreck. It wasn't just how they played; it, it, the game plan was a mess. They played very well for almost this entire season, and you know this it's better than last year's defense for sure. If this offense can keep doing what it's doing, they're going to be good to go. This is how it is. Okay, real quick here, we're from our sponsor. That's right, Jim Park. All right, so some things to work on, though. Then there were a couple, Mike. What did you see in this game that raised your eyebrows a little bit? A little bit. Sometimes uh, Jared is trying to force the upfield throw. Uh, there were some times when there was nothing up upfield, and he would try to just kind of dump it to Gurley real late. So he was either getting hit or was just kind of, you know, throwing the ball away a little bit, which is okay. But I would like to see him being able to, uh, you know, just get rid of it now. You know, if you don't see it open, just get it to Gurley now where he actually can go make a play for you. But if you just kind of wait too late and last minute try to throw it to him or throw it over his head, uh, those are kind of things that, that, just kind of go, huh, you know, we're not there because you can get into this happy place of, oh, man, we're, we're doing well. Let me just start throwing deep. And then it's kind of like, OK, that's what got us in trouble. Seems like let's just keep taking what they give us and, and let those guys play. But overall, there's not a whole lot negative, really. Uh, I would like to see the running game us maybe stick to it a little bit more. It seemed like. We do it a little bit, and it's working, and then we want to go right to the play-action pass game. And I, that's a little bit – that has to be something that is, you know, a Coach McVay thing because that, that just doesn't make sense to me when this is the time of year you really want to be able to kind of punch a guy out by just running it down their throat a little bit. I mean, in fairness, Seattle was plugging the middle. They were, they were coming right in the gut, and they were charging that gut. And – as much as as we've seen some progress from the interior line, they weren't ready for that yet. They weren't, and that, that put the Rams' offense in a position where they had to run outside. Where you're seeing Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods on the edges more than we even would normally see them on the edges out there running. And Todd Gurley getting two yard runs, three yard runs, getting stopped the line. There was still as much as this offensive line's improved recently in the last month. I'd say that's still a problem. On the interior line, getting that push. They're pass blocking better. I mean, Jared Goff is still getting rushed in there, but he's getting enough time to get the ball out at least. Okay? They're pass blocking better. The run blocking on the interior needs to improve. And Seattle saw it, and they zoned in on it. And they took that away. And fortunately, the Rams were able to adjust and go to the outside. They need that interior to work. They can't. They, they have to get it to work. They're not going to be able to beat Dallas or San Francisco. If they can't get in the interior. And by the way, as good as the 49ers win today was in New Orleans, they gave up 46 points. They didn't get a sack in that game. 
Yeah, the Saints had that game. They gave it away at the end. That was just I, – I, I, I'm just amazed at these coordinators at that level. You know, we say putting guys on an island. There's no reason to go man across the board when you got a guy that needs to drive the length of the field because – all you need is what they got is a one-on-one situation. Quarterback just threw it up. Receiver kind of pulls a defender down, and they get this big play. You know, and then that was on that series when they they were up, and then they just let them score like two plays, you know, earlier in the game. And then at the end of the game, you have uh, uh, the safety covering the tight end, but typically you try to keep guys inside and not let them – get out of bounds they had a safety plan inside technique guy just runs an out route safety made a bad play on the tackle i don't i don't i can't still can't figure out then they just let the tight end rumble for like 30 40 more yards and then a face mask penalty so that to me is just kind of like wow they gave that one away but you win how you can so but yeah you're absolutely right they gave up a ton of points ton of yards uh they show some chinks in the armor, and so that's what I'm saying. The Rams are letting people know, don't let us in. They, they suddenly look dangerous. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate that though. I don't want to say all the problems are fixed because we just talked about a couple of them that are pretty major. That offensive line, the interior, is still an issue. And while the pass rush did a great job tonight, sometimes it disappears depending on who they're up against. It just so happens Seattle's offensive line is not very good in pass protection, and the Rams just ate them up. But overall. There's a lot to like about how this team is heading down the stretch. Three more games to go. They go to Dallas. It's a Dallas team that's going to be desperate for a win. Guess what? So the Rams. I mean, every game from this point out is a playoff game. And quietly, folks, I know that Baltimore game kind of stuck in our crawl a little bit. But the Rams have won three out of four, five out of seven. It's been quiet, but they've won five out of seven, despite all those problems. True, true. And so... Just one note on that that run, interior run game. You know, teams are going to look at film as well, and they're going to say, well, we're going to take this away. So that's fine if they figure they're going to take away, you know, running what we call in the A gap and the B gap inside, you know, between the guard and center and sometime between guard and tackle. Uh, if we need to go tackle to end or tackle outside, that's not a big problem. Uh because a, a good defense or, or a good D.C. is going to say, well, we have to make them play somewhat one-handed. Let's take away this and try to force them in to do something else. So good on Seattle's part. Again, now we have to counter and adjust to that. So I'm not so much going to put too much on the O-line because of that. You know, if they're running guys and A-gap blitzing them, and they're sending one extra guy, you're going to be outnumbered. So you just got to do what they did, make an adjustment, start going to the quick passing game, put the ball in uh, receivers' hands on on different reverse plays and things like that. So I like the adjustment that was made tonight. They got the job done. That's the bottom line, though, in the end. They got the job done. They lived the fight. There you day, go. And they get one more week to fix some of those holes in their game. Yes. They, they're not a team that's out of it. They, they need some help. We're unbelievably going to be cheering for the Chargers next weekend. I can't believe I'm doing that. I, I really can't. But we will be cheering for the Chargers when they play Minnesota. And the Chargers are more than capable of beating Minnesota, by the way. Right. So here goes nothing. Fingers crossed. Rams need a little bit of help, but 
they got a really good shot here. They really do. They have a good shot. All right, so I think we're done. I mean, good game all around. Is it much else for me to say? Here's yeah, my question yeah. for you. What are your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts are just absolutely, uh, man, hats off. Good scheme, offensively, defensively. King game did well. And so uh, they just got to continue on down the road and uh, pray that they get the help that's needed. Uh, but absolutely, ours looks like hitting hitting their stride. And so, uh, man, just excited for them to finish strong. And as for me, I'm looking forward to seeing the continued evolution of this team. They seem to have figured it out. They got together. I They feel like the team that gave it a run last year. They, they felt confident. They seemed pumped up to be there. A huge difference to the Baltimore game. And in the end, it's all the fans want to see. And in the end, that's all we want to see. We want to see a team that's ready to go and going all in. And that's what they put out their night. All right, so folks, we're looking for sponsors coming up for the next year. Reach out to us at, at ransom1945.gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a meter kit ready to get out to you. Also, forget what you're part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find Mike on Twitter at OneDuke23. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Don't forget to Apple Music. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places. So for Mike and the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Paul saying take it easy. We'll be back midweek to break down the Cowboys. We're out of here. Let's do it. There's an underdog story happening today in America, one that couldn't have been scripted. Small businesses are fighting to make a big comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities, feeding those in need, yet asking for little in return. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? But they still need our support now more than ever. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and give back to the small business that unites us all. Shop, share, and donate today at smallunites.org. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.